0: Welcome to the Project Life podcast. I am Mike Watts and on this podcast, we're going to explore being a dad and operating the world in that role. Also the other role of just being a dude, being a man in this world. And then lastly, it's about running a business with my wife. So the ins and outs of how we make that happen, advice and things that I've learned over my lifetime and things that actually work to grow our business. So enjoy this episode of Project Life with Mike Watts and have a great rest of the day. Welcome back to Project Life with Mike Watts. It's Mike Watts. Oh, man, what a day, what a day, what a day. Uh, I want to cover today about this generational divide. Whoa, big topic, people. I was listening to uh, a podcast recently with a guy. I think he's in his 40s, and then he was interviewing this guy, Rich Froning, who's the four-time games, CrossFit games champion. He's like one of the greatest CrossFitters that's ever lived. So he's like 28 something like this. And they're talking about kids on cell phones and technology and what that may be. And I hear this conversation all the time. It's like technology is taking over children and adults and we're being controlled. And yes, it's true. Uh, social media is very addicting. It's proven it hits your dopamine receptors, which gives you joy if there's notifications, likes, subscribes, all that stuff. Um, phones, games, all of that whole shebang, right? But the one thing to pay attention to that I would say regarding, and when I'm talking about this generational divide, because I hear it a lot, I hear it a lot attacking millennials. Now, as I said previously, I'm a millennial in the upper echelon of the millennials and the older millennials. So I'm part of this situation. I'm part of technology. I run an online business. I work on computers. I have cell phones, we have Instagram, we have social media, we have Twitter, like the whole shebang, right? We're part of the situation. We're involved in the situation. Uh, that's actually all that stuff. And what do we do to process that for ourselves? It is an ongoing conversation that Kate and I are continually having. And, but the biggest thing is we have to stop attacking people. We have to stop saying that our kids are addicted to this, it's like, that's a state that is created because of us, right? And it's taking responsibility for what we're actually doing in the home. I, Penelope now walks around with her toy phone and she like acts like she's FaceTiming because the re, the only way that she talks to my mom when my parents are not here, my parents, is on FaceTime and she'll pick up the phone and act like she's talking to them. And she's like, I'm FaceTiming Mimi. You know, that's what she calls my mom. And I'm Fe- FaceTiming Mimi and I'm doing this and I have to turn on the music because we use phones to turn on Sonos, which is the speakers that are in the ceiling and Penelope will pick up the phone. And we're recognizing what is actually taking place with this, right? And I told Kate and I were at lunch today talking about this and I said, we just have to be careful, you know? It's like, she's like, it's hard because we're not an online business. I said, really, it's not that hard, Kate. It's just for, because we'll use social media or Instagram or whatever that is to check out like at night. Penelope might be home you know, and we're on our phones or whatever that is. I said, it's just for us to be cautious of what we're actually, when we're using the devices. So if Penelope's coming home from daycare right now, we don't use our phones. We hang up. We just don't use them, right? We do something else, carry a camera around, take photos on an actual old camera. Like I'm looking at a camera right now. Like I'm going to actually put the memory card in it and I'm going to take it outside and, and be with Penelope w- why she's using it. And then maybe, she'll, uh, you know, we'll take pictures with the camera instead of our phones. But it's been easy to grab a phone. It's very easy to grab a cellular device. And it's easy to pay on to pay attention to that. But the one thing that I believe needs to stop happening is this attack on the generational divide that takes place. Now, I'm speaking of generation. You hear it more with Oh, millennials are so lazy, or how are they going to get anything done, or how are they going to accomplish this, or whatever this may be. Like, I can go on a whole rant right now, if I want, about um, Donald Trump as a baby boomer, what have the baby boomers left the millennials on, and the financial situation that we're going to experience, the fact that nobody's dealt with um Uh, social security. Nobody's dealing with Medicare. And by 1930, we're going to be underfunded. Those things they are already underfunded now. So by the time I'm 70 years old, there's going to be absolutely nothing left because we're going to be going into more and more debt to take on and provide these things. And when they were started and nobody's dealt with them, financial crisis of 2008, that wasn't caused by millennials. You know, it's just like I can go on and on and on. We can attack these different generations. And I could literally sit here for the next hour talking about the problems that have been bridges collapsing, bridges falling infrastructure like on and on and on i can go right that problems that have not been dealt with right look at the march on your lives that's taking place this weekend i'm recording this before the march on your lives but like that is organized by children right of course it's being funded by other things that are not children but these kids these are high school kids these are young adults these are people that are deciding that they need to make change racism was led by or the racism was led the against segregation excuse me in the 60s you know, all of these things is done by young people and younger lives and how, what was and how, young people sticking up for what they truly believe in to make change. And that's a hundred percent accurate on, I find what I'm finding more and more and more now, especially because my parents are in their late sixties, right? mid sixties, late sixties, I am finding some paranoid old people right? And that is continually what's happening to, and I'm going to call them old for being seventies, right? But it's not really that old, but just for the f- sake of what I'm actually speaking about, they're paranoid people. And I know this from my own experience that's happening right now is like, what's ha- and I find this, I, I was actually had a conversation with somebody the other day, their dad passed away and they noticed that when their dad was unable to drive, Is when they got something happened with his eyesight or something, and he couldn't drive anymore. And he became extremely paranoid. And I find this is what my conclusion on this whole situation has been. And that's what's led me down to this whole conversation we're having right now. As people are getting older, they're losing the ability to do things. And because they lose the ability to do things, They are becoming very vulnerable and they don't know how to express that vulnerability, especially men, older men, because you see this a lot with older men. And I think older men are influencing women, um, older women, especially if they've been married for like 40 years or whatever that may be. Right. And so. And it's also a generational divide. It's changing. Right. It's so basically what's happening is that these, I'm going to just speak for men right now. It's like the older men are becoming very vulnerable because they're unable to do things like they were 40 years ago. And they're unable to do these things because of choices they made along the way. And so for instance, somebody that was—it could have been in their twenties, let's take somebody that's seventies, right in the sixties, but not that long ago, Trevor Noah used the example of being in an apartheid and when he was growing up, which was not that long ago because he was he's younger than me. he was born I think in 83, 84, I was born in 82. So this went on in the 80s in South Africa. And so if these people experience something where let's just say they were against segregation and they vocalize that but now and what they believe for so long, but now they're entering an age where they see the immigration problem it seems to be a problem and a hot topic for people to get on. but then they see that our communities, are allowing more people besides white people in them because people are navigating and migrating to these communities because they were looking for a better life, which is the same reason that people ended up here in the United States. And all of a sudden, the paranoia starts to kick in. So all of a sudden, if I'm not able to walk down the street or exercise or I'm not as healthy as what I am, it's you're getting scared by change, right? And that's what it is. When I look at people like we started a USANA business a long time ago, and I work with a lot of people who start A business, and for them to start a business, they have to let go. So right now, who I work with from business consulting, I only I only work with people that are starting at a hundred thousand dollars. Like they have to earn about a hundred thousand dollars a business, really, for me to even sit down with them and have a conversation, because I know I'm not working with somebody brand new, and they've gone through the heartaches. The challenges that go on when you're building a business to get to 100 grand is like a huge deal, right? That's a big milestone to hit when you're kicking your business life off. But in USANA, we're working with a lot of people who are brand new, that have never started a business before. So the reason that most people don't succeed in a USANA or network marketing business, frankly, it's not necessarily the products, it's not necessarily the company. Those things come into play sometimes. It's about the desire to let go of the previous life that you've been holding on to and put in the hustle and the work that's required to go about actually running a business, right? And that that developmental stage from like, let's say, zero to $100,000 is massive from zero to 10,000, from zero to 5,000, 5, 10, 10 to 15, 15 to 20, 20 to 30, right? And as it goes, and so it requires massive change taking place. So as somebody is aging and they're moving from their career to all of a sudden they moved into a retirement type of a state where they left the job that they were currently working, now they don't know what the hell they're doing with their life. So unless they find hobbies or surround themselves with other like-minded individuals instead of people that are just sitting around complaining about their wives or husbands, right, it's about doing something that's continually growth. Tony Robbins says, happiness comes from progress plus growth. So as you're progressing through life, you're also growing, right? You have to progress and you grow equals happiness is where it comes from for him. And I 100% agree with this because what I'm finding in this generational divide situation that's taking place right now, number one, we have the internet. The internet was not around when, let's take, I'm just going to talk the baby boomer situation, was my age, right? I was, I'm 33. 5 the internet was not here when baby boomers were 35 it was not commercially the stage it is now that is massively changing that's changed the global landscape of work right because now i can contact somebody in china to produce a product for me that is just as high quality as i can get here in the united states cheaper probably and maybe not just as high quality that depends on the product right so but it will be cheaper and it can come over here there's people in china who are chinese individuals who are human beings, who are trying to make a living by producing products, right? I think sometimes that there's this disconnect when we talk about other countries, All of a sudden, it's like they're alienated people or like an alienated thing. But there's people in China that make the goods that we are consuming here in the United States, right? So we have to keep that in mind. And I feel like as soon as the work changed for how to get things done because the Internet is making things smaller, people are becoming much more paranoid to what's actually taking place and going on. And then more and more people, like when you have Syria and the destruction that's taking place over there or what's happened in Africa and then where the United States, because of their immigration policies, allowed people to come here and try to find a better life. Because frankly, I've been in taxi cabs with people in New York City, and I've been like, "Why did you end up here in the United States?" They go, "Because my neighborhood was guns, and people were shooting each other up all the time. Our kids were growing up carrying around guns, and I just didn't want to raise my family here anymore, so I left." And it's like, wow. I mean, it's funny that we're having this gun debate right now, right? Or it's really actually a disturbing, not funny, but like. That's what his experience was like is day and night was, was gun bullets. And that's actually, that's something that's how some people live here in the United States right now too, right? So it's recognizing what is actually taking place, but it's instead of stop attacking other generations and that's happening, we have to recognize that there's a problem. And a lot of that, not, we we have to not, I don't want to say recognize problem. We have to recognize what it is that we're talking about. Is it an actual problem or is it something going on with the way that we are currently living our life? Now, when I talk about the cell phone thing situation with Penelope, she's just mocking our own behavior, right? And of course, she's going to enter a world that's going to be all technology. So it's about us as adults as to address that somehow. Katie and I haven't quite figured that out yet, but that's something how we're learning to be able to do to help Penelope navigate the world of technology and understand what's going on with it. And so she can be her bright and shining person. And then we can kind of educate or I guess lead by example, I should say. And so she can pay attention to that and leading by example what's taking place. And for us to learn as well from her of what we're doing because it's a mimicking behavior of exactly what we're doing. So it's good for us to pay attention to as well. But I find these conversations get nowhere when it comes to how to deal with technology and your children and, and just like what kids are watching on TV and what they're doing. And it's just, I mean, I know we're going to go through these things with Penelope and our, our girls, but also like it's not. It doesn't make the other generation wrong, right? And I feel like that is what we have to be very, very careful for. Because when I hear, especially baby boomers, talk about the millennials or attack millennials, our entire company is pretty much run by millennials. Come here, I'll help you. Up, oh, come here. I'll help you. You're good. You're good. Come here. Here, you want to say hi? I'll go, I'll go help you in a second. Let's finish out this podcast episode, okay? And so it's for us to respect the elders. It's respect the people that came before us. To respect the path that was created and recognize what was wrong. And it's about us learning from our past and learning from our history. Because just because we have computers and phones and stuff now, that used to be um, newspapers, it used to be magazines. It used to be all other forms of checking out in one way or the other. And it's about for us to recognize what's going on. Yes. Technology is very addictive, paying attention to our own habits. And I feel like this is the biggest thing is not to make other generations wrong because that's not going to fix anything. It's about recognizing what was taking place. That's why I mentioned the whole, all the stuff about all the stuff, I could say about like the baby boomers and all of that. That doesn't do any good for me to attack a situation that is currently leaving us in that's not successful or sustainable, right? But it's about learning what's going on and bringing better things to the market, bringing better ideas and learning from that. Because if we try to do it the same way that it's always been done, we're never going to be successful. That is the biggest mistake that we can ever make to say this is the way it's always been done and this is how we'll continually do it. It's the number one lesson that we can set ourselves up for failure. Whew, that was a good one. Right, P? Break. Right. Thank you very much for participating. You guys have a great rest of the day, and I'll talk to you later. Cheers. What's up, people? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. One last thing before we close it out and you let you get back to your day. I put together a free giveaway, actually, on MikeJWatts.com. You can go check it out now, but it's download my free... Three Tools to Make Your Business Life Easier Starting Now. And I gave away three simple tips and things that we use in our business that hands down make our life easier, that allows for scale it allows for solid operating structures so we can scale to the next level of revenue. So you can get that free giveaway. It's a PDF download. You just type it in. Plus you'll also be on my weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday. And I really love it because it's three to four things that I really found valuable in the week. And that hopefully you enjoy as well. So you can get all that downloaded over at mikejwatts.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there and I'll see you guys on the next episode of Project Life. Cheers.